Just like that, we're back. Views from Section 400. I'm Matt. Got Jack and Brian along for the ride here. Happy belated Groundhog Day. We just had that midweek. Um, Brian, Jack, let's take a couple guesses here. Start off the show hot. Did the Groundhog see its shadow? When is spring arriving? Brian, I'll start with you. Yeah, so today is Wednesday. He's going to see if he sees his shadow on Friday. It was kind of cloudy today. So I'm going to go with the law of averages, say it's going to be sunny, and he's going to see his shadow on Friday. It's been a little overcast-esque, at least here in the Northeast. I know you're uh, considered the South of D.C. there. I know Tom and I have a little banter back and forth calling D.C. the South. But, uh, yeah, Jack, is this guy seeing his shadow or what, dude? Can I I bring out the bathing suit (laughs) early this year? I think he's going to see a shadow, Matt. You know, for three the past three years, he's seen it, and I just I just think he's going to four-peat it here. I like the trend of keeping it consistent of what's been hitting. It's the trend. Three for three in the last three years. Give me the shadow. Is that is that minus money to see the shadow, minus 140? It's got to be, but four-peats are tough. I mean, we're a sports show. Not many people four-peat. Nope. Can Puxitani Phil break the trend? What do we got? What do we got? If he sees the shadow, we get the quick spring. No, if he sees a shadow, it's we got more winter, winter, right? Oh no. <laughs> well, I will change and say he doesn't see the shadow because I don't want more winter, man. I need this warming up ASAP because I'm sick and tired of the 20 degree morning. So let's go, Phil. Figure shit out. Get us to the warmer weather quicker. Appreciate you, man. Let's keep it moving though. Like I said, welcome everybody to the show. It is Pro Bowl week, a little bit of a slower sports week as we're on the cusp of the Super Bowl. We have that bye week that the NFL implements in there to let the teams get real rested up for the big game. Um, and then, you know, we've had a bunch of stuff come out over the last couple of days. Trivia, we started implementing that. I think that's pretty fun. Just a lot of good, good stuff on there. Uh, you know, as we've been slowing down here with football, Rocking it with some trivia, testing our brain knowledge. That'll let you know if we're actually know what we're talking about or if we're just a bunch of bozos. So tune in for that. You can validate us over there. But yeah, Brian, I'll let you kind of run through what we got. I know you're the big, big uh, announcement guy, so I won't steal your thunder. What do the people, the fans of the views from Section 400 have to look forward to? Yeah, so I don't know what we're going to deem it yet, but some kind of... It's going to be views from 400 Super Bowl week, and that's going to start up on Sunday. So the day after you're watching this, and we will be dropping our official Super Bowl drinking game. I've done one every four years for the past four Super Bowls. It's a lot of fun. I know a couple of you watching this have participated in the past. So if you're new to it, it's not for the faint hearted, but I promise you'll have a good time watching the Super Bowl. And then if you want to, I was going to say, if you want to enjoy this Super Bowl, I'd say probably stay away from that game because <laughs> you won't make it to the second half. I mean, you can pick and choose which which rules you want to follow and not follow, but it's very detailed. And I probably there's a few on there that you'll get a kick out of. After that, we'll have a show on Wednesday where we will kind of go through our bets for the game. We'll have a lot of fun prop bets. We'll all pick the Gatorade color uh, over under on the national anthem. 
pretty much everything that's on the board over under Taylor Swift. I know we set a line on that earlier this season. I'm sure that'll be another one. Stay tuned for that because we, ha- we have a lot to cover there. And then the day of the Super Bowl, we have a live show, a pregame live show. Uh, Editor Will will be back. If you've been watching the live streams, you've seen him. We'll re-go over those bets, talk more about the game, uh, and just preview everything and have a great day. Super Bowl, nothing like it. One of my favorite days of the year. So It'll be electric. Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, I know we say the divisional round's the best weekend, but this got to be the best, dude. We're a close second in Brian's mind. I, I but, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. There's nothing like yeah. it. Nothing like There's it. nothing like it, man. It's a holiday. It's a holiday. Everybody's in a good mood. Every you know, People who hate football still watch it just for the commercials. Brings everybody together, unites America. I mean, it's electric stuff in a time where the United States could use some uniting. What a better time to to get Super Bowl Sunday in there. Um, And you got Patrick Mahomes, Taylor Swift, Brock Purdy, the whole Niners, ridiculous fan base. I won't get into that. Love Super Bowl Sunday. Let's get into the winners and losers of the week, though, that we get into every week. Reviews from Section 400, where we see who the winners are and who the losers are in the sports world, or if there's something absolutely ridiculous that happens outside of it, win or lose, we'll throw that in as well. Jack, want to start with you, man. Who won the week and who lost the week? Thanks for starting with me, Matt. You want to know who won the week for me? Patrick Mahomes and that dad bod, dude. I'm sure everybody listening to this has seen that video or the pictures by now. Patrick Mahomes celebrating in the locker room, no shirt on, just rocking an absolute dad bod. It's kind of crazy how the best quarterback in the NFL is, and maybe the best player in the NFL is, you know, rocking a body like that. I mean, you know, a little bit better than Hauk, but still. <laughs> he's, he's fully just, embracing the married fatherhood lifestyle. Yeah, um, I know. He's, he's still an elite quarterback. It's I know he's married. I know he's got kids, but holy shit, man! Looking like that and win, winning, winning, uh, you know, three three Super Bowls already, right? It's just yeah. it's impressive, man. I mean, he's he's entered the Brady chat for me after going on the road and beating Baltimore, what I thought was the best team in the AFC by a little a, a little shot. They went in there, they they t- they took care of business, so they're the my winner of the week, loser of the week. It's a Steelers offense. And I guess just the Steelers organization and their entire fan base. What are you thinking hiring Arthur Smith as your new offensive coordinator? If you've listened to us, if you've listened to pretty much anybody throughout the season who, who gives a crap about all the Falcons offense, uh, for some reason we do, you know, we're just <laughs> NFL addicts. But uh, he's just misused players left and right. Uh, you know he's going to go in there and be like, oh, my gosh, this guy Darnell Washington, he's my number one receiver now. He's going to find a way to get the Steelers to re-sign Benny Snell and then give him more carries than Najee and Jalen Warren. <laughs> Some shit like that. That'd be ridiculous. But, yeah, if George Pickens thought he had it bad last year, this year is going to be uh, just another roller coaster. So expect him to go full eight, Antonio Brown and – that's all I got for the losers. Sorry, Steelers fans. Yeah, so my winner is going to be anonymous sources. So I don't know if you guys saw this article on Bleacher Report, but there was a reporter that just went into the Jets um, organization and was asking some coaches you know, about the season, and one of them refused to be called by name. But th- this, is, this is a quote. 
the reporter asked him, how would you describe the season after Aaron Rodgers went down in week one? Three words, a fucking mess. A, a coach of an NFL team admitted to a reporter, anonymously at least, that his team was a fucking mess all year. And he had to stick it out for 16 weeks. So good for anonymous sources because it let if not for that, he would be fired yesterday. I mean, look, you're <laughs> – it's your, it's your, it's it's Aaron Rodgers. It's not even just a, your franchise quarterback. It's the franchise quarterback. You brought him in to win you a Super Bowl. You had the roster around him. I mean, you saw it all season. They 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 put up wins on in games they shouldn't have uh, around quarterbacks like Zach Wilson and Trevor Simeon. I mean, look, Zach Wilson played fine at times, but you're expecting Aaron Rodgers to come in there and be the number one seed probably in the AFC East. I know Buffalo and Miami had phenomenal seasons, but with the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, they could have been right there. I think we all know that there were people that had them in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, he he could have just said Trevor Simeon and probably got his point across a little more nicely than just calling it a fucking mess. But, you know, he's anonymous. So whatever. And then my loser of the week is going to be Eminem fans. So the Lions retained Ben Johnson in, instead of him going to the commanders of Seattle. He's staying as the O.C., and Eminem tweeted that he had a diss track ready. If Ben Johnson would have left to go coach the Commanders or Seahawks, Eminem was going to drop a diss track about him. So I guess we'll never see that, which is kind of disappointing if you're an Eminem fan or just a music fan in general, because that would have been fun to listen to. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I wish we got a, wish we got some Eminem diss track. That would have been a little classic Eminem right there. His last diss track I think he had was the Machine Gun Kelly one, and he like made that man go to punk rock. So I can't imagine yeah. what he would have done to Ben Johnson. Would have been well, he would have would have sent Ben Johnson back to coaching high school if he even <laughs> ever coached high school. Uh, but I think a little winner takeaway in your loser is the Lions keeping Ben Johnson. I mean, that's a pretty solid uh, positive news after a rough weekend for them. Uh, so mm-hmm. kind of a positive for them to take away there. But I will jump over to my winners and losers of the week. Um, start with the winner here. I'm going to go South Carolina for college basketball. They just beat Tennessee in Knoxville. They already knocked off Kentucky. Um, Jack doesn't want to hear it. I know Brian definitely doesn't want to hear it, but they're a legitimate team, legitimate chance to win the SEC. Uh, and Like I said, I know as big Auburn guys don't want to hear that, but look, they beat Tennessee on the road, hung tough. They play solid defense, beat Kentucky. We'll see what happens when they play Auburn. I don't even know. Do they play Auburn this year? I'm not sure if they get a uh, – we, ho- we host them this year. Yeah, so that'll be a good test again. You know, we I thought – I remember talking earlier in the week with you, Brian. We, we were thinking – I mean, I said maybe Tennessee I do, or, or South Carolina. I do remember saying that, and you were like, no way, man. Tennessee's going to blow them away uh, at their home court. And I was like, uh, yeah, probably. So I had – you know, like $12 on their plus 900 money line the other night. So that's a nice little bankroll builder right there. Would have had 50, but Brian uh, Brian kind of talked me out of that. Yeah, I, I was watching that that game the other night, uh, and I, it was an ugly game. <clears throat> that South Carolina-Tennessee game was ugly. But look, give, give Carolina the credit. They went on the road. They played tough defense. Nobody on Tennessee had an easy day. Uh, even you know their their star player was it K- Connect? 
Yeah, I was Dalton about Connect. to say they South Carolina also got about sixty-two missed free throws from Dalton Connect to help him out. So that's not going to happen normally. Yeah, you know the missed free throws, you know that can't happen. But he was hitting a couple of shots here and there, but he was the only one that could mm-hmm. hit a couple of shots here and there. They played some lockdown defense. Give him a lot of credit, but uh, yeah, Matt, I don't want to hear it. Still, still Auburn War Eagle. I understand. I understand. But, uh, yeah, South Carolina, a couple big SEC wins and strong start to SEC conference play for them. So props to them over there. But we'll jump into the losers or loser of the week. Uh, You know, I was trying to stumbling around trying to figure out a loser. And um, since it's a weekly thing, it's obviously so hard to, to come up with, you know, greatness week in and week out as I try and do. So I don't know if this is a great one, but I think it's Pretty on par with what we talk about. And I got Ant Edwards getting fined 40 grand by the NBA for his uh, public comments, like criticizing the NBA referees, NBA officials post game. Literally came out and said, I'll eat the fine. I don't care. We were getting bumped and, you know, fighting every everything down there, getting no calls. And they still won the game. So you think he knows he's going to get fined. Like if you lose the game, all right, let it out. Like, bro, you won the game. Like the team won. I get it. I get it. The calls were horrible, but like you know, you're gonna get fined, and you still won the game. I don't know. Just wait for a better time to do it. I know the forty grand doesn't matter to him, considering he already sent a uh, hundred grand to a girl just to eat some uh, pregnancy pills so that she want to get pregnant with his child. So got to be some chump change to, uh, for him. But yeah, loser of the week and Edwards. I did want to throw another little small one in there just because why not? Let's keep it fun. Uh, we are rolling into February here, and I saw a picture on Twitter. It was on Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think there's some like app or website out there called Nextdoor. Is that some like, yeah, like uh, the neighborhood type thing? Neighborhood thing. But someone tweet. I think it was in the Philadelphia Nextdoor too. So not a great look for us. But somebody like posted in there, and I think they were like very serious because again, it's like a neighborhood like. Facebook group like chat Facebook thing, like yeah, it's not you know, it's I, I don't think they were trolling. It seemed pretty serious based on the pictures I saw. But um, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, but somebody tweeted out and people were getting in on it, saying how like, oh my gosh, uh, did anybody see that they added an extra day in February this year? Like, there's usually 28 days, and and this year they added it, so now there's 29. So big loser for that Facebook group chat, next door group chat, uh, whoever brought that up because loser to the people who don't know what a leap year is. That seems like it should be common knowledge. And that is a big L for that group chat. I mean, working a fast food drive through in college, I kind of came to the realization like 25% of people out there are just ridiculously stupid and there's no helping them. I mean, come on, man. It's like, really? You don't know what a leap <laughs> really year is? That's horrible. Again, I don't know. I don't think they were trolling either, which makes it worse because there's people like flaming them in the group chat, people like explaining out how February leap years work. It was a whole disaster. I was just like, oh my God, this person is well, a moron. Like, you remember that TikTok I sent you like a couple months ago where um, that woman called because there was a deer crossing sign and she thought the government yes. had put the deer crossing sign there so deer could cross the road? Yes. I mean, she said, that's why. Would why... You put this on a busy highway. Why would you, like, yeah, uh, it's again, 
that's what makes me believe people just, you know, you got to get a clue, a little bit of a clue. It's February. It's a leap year. They didn't magically add a day to you conspiracy theorists out there. This isn't just randomly added. Pray for these people, man. It's a, it's a leap year. It's okay. You just go to work one extra day in February, and then March is there. It's okay. No one's going to die. But let's move on. That's the winners and the uh, losers of the week. We will transition, pivot over to a little bit of NFL. It's still the Super Bowl. I know it's not Super Bowl week, but it's the Super Bowl, man. I mean, we just had a huge season, a long season, a frustrating season for Jack and myself, two playoff hopefuls. Eagles made the playoffs, did nothing with it. Brian, not sure what I can say about the Brian or the Giants as uh, it was a frustrating you know, first quarter of the season, and then they kind of put me out of my misery early. Yeah, so huge season, and now we're on the Super Bowl. Playoffs were annoying, obviously, as I just said for the Eagles. But Travis Kelsey not happy with Justin Tucker in the pregame of the Ravens uh, Chiefs AFC Championship game. Brian, what happened there, dude? I mean, uh, it seemed a little childish. Yeah, the, the whole thing was weird because they – I forget which reporter did it. It might have been like Dov Cleveland or one of those fake reporters just posted the video before the game. And they were like, oh, look at uh, Tucker and Kelsey and Mahomes like goofing around with each other. Like Tucker was trying to put his kicker tee uh, where Mahomes was throwing the ball. And it was a bunch of nonsense, but it looked like it was fine. And then Travis Kelsey goes on his New Heights podcast and just roasts Justin Tucker for like – he broke an unwritten rule. Like, that's not right. Meanwhile, the game's in Baltimore. So Justin Tucker is used to warming up where he's used to warming up. So I don't think you have the right to have a gripe there. That's just that's just my thinking. I don't know if you feel the same way, Jack, but it's, it seems like Kelsey's has a little, I don't know. Yeah, listen, I don't, I'm not <clears throat> familiar with the rules are, you know, for, for warming up on what side of the field kickers and, and, you know, how, what time you're supposed to be out there and all that good stuff. I know the NFL definitely has that structured. So if things like that don't happen, Justin Tucker, was he in the wrong? Maybe was Mahomes and in, in, in Travis Kelsey in the wrong? Maybe I'm not really sure from like an official stance. But Justin Tucker probably should have gotten those kicks in before they got there. They definitely were in the right to, you know, get him out of their way. You know, go, go to the other half of the field. There's a whole other, you know, post over there. I understand kicking the other side. But I definitely didn't like the, what, he, what Kelsey said on his podcast afterwards. Uh, it just kind of reaffirms what I've been, you know, seeing from him and like, his body language over, you know, the years. It, he seems kind of like a dick. You know, he he seems like a cool guy sometimes and like a guy that you'd want to like go get grab some beers with. But like also, you know, he can be a dick when he wants to be. And I think, that you know, he he was seeing red as you should in a championship game. So he was having none of the jokes by by Justin Tucker. But to go on afterwards on your podcast and say, like, if you if you want to, you know, talk shit, I can you want to you know be a dick. I can one up you every single time is what I believe his quote was. Uh, you know, just just not a good look, dude. Grow up, leave it alone. You know, I don't, yeah, I don't it know. It just seems so petty, especially when you have the Super Bowl yeah. ahead of you. Like you have bigger yeah. things to focus on right now. He's he's you know doing his best to keep his name in the tabloids and at, on the headlines. So uh, I I get it at this point, I guess. Yeah, I'd be uh, <clears throat> I think I feel like I'd be a hypocrite if I was ripping on Kelsey because uh, you know, I'm a great guy to get a beer with, but I could totally be a dickhead uh, a lot. 
more often uh, than not. So uh, props to Kelsey, man. Get the fuck out of his spot. Get out of his spot, Tucker. Go to your Tucker spot. That's what I'm saying. Don't we care. don't know. No, 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 no. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't yeah. know what the procedure. Real, realistically, look, yeah, the Ravens were the home team. Tucker has the right away. So, but again, Kelsey, love the dickhead energy. Uh, love what he brings to the table. I definitely have some dickhead tendencies uh, in my personality, but I'm, I'm, but I'm a great guy and a great friend. Like, like one of the rappers said, uh, I'm a great friend. I'm just not friendly. So take that with what you want. And we'll keep it moving here. Sounds like the whole city of Philadelphia. Basically. Great people to hang out with. Great people to grab beers with. Always have your back. We're not that friendly. Take that with for what it's worth. The city of Philadelphia is just one big who do you know here. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Definitely, uh, you know, it's the type of city where I'm sure down in the south, it's not as aggressive. But it's the type of city, like, you bump into a guy at a bar. And you better be ready to scrap kind of thing because, uh, you know, you're nudging elbows. People are ready to throw down, especially when it's cold. People are pissed off, not happy. And the birds suck. Eagles suck. (laughs) Yeah. Been there, done that. We'll leave it there. And we also have a new study out of, I believe, the New York Times. Study found Taylor Swift has only been shown during 0.046% of games she attends Seems like a very, very low percentage for how much people bitch and complain that they see her on screen when they're watching a football. Brian, I'll let you, uh, you call bullshit on that study or is it accurate for how much airtime there is in an NFL game? As soon as I saw that stat, my mind immediately went towards the low-level writer at the New York Times that got the assignment to just sit there for three and a half hours with a stopwatch and watch every single Chiefs game Taylor Swift has been at and just time it when she's on the screen. That's like 12 seconds, 0.046%. It's like 12 to 15 seconds of game time. So this guy was, or girl, I don't know who did it, was sitting there. Just That's unbelievable in itself. But I guess I do believe it. I mean, I'm just thinking back to like when we said the over-under at like eight and a half for that Buffalo game. She was probably on screen for six, six, seven frames for like two seconds each. So I think it checks out, but it's kind of insane because people have been complaining like she's on there for half the game. Well, that's what I'm saying. It seems like, uh, it seems like people complain a lot more. I don't love seeing her. I don't hate it. I'm not one of those like get her off the screen like type of people. But uh, Jack, what do you think, man? You call bullshit there or you don't really care? Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. Um, I, you know, I think they definitely show her more than 0.046% of a game. Uh, I, I can guarantee you they're throwing commercial time into those numbers to inflate them. Oh, uh, yeah, it's definitely like the full you know, broadcast. The, the 15 minutes before kickoff every game, you know, I, I can guarantee that the post-game celebrations, I mean, come on, they're definitely throwing in all that to, to juice up that number, but... uh uh, but do they always show her at the most you know important times or like after a a, a big play or you know, after a touchdown or something like that? It's just I think that's why everybody keeps complaining. It's it's whenever it's when everybody's watching is when they show her. It's it's, it's, yeah, what, stick, it's what sticks with people. I think everyone just has a bad taste in their mouth from that first NBC game where they opened up with like the voice talking about the two teams and how the Swifties have to watch the game and. 
I think ever since that, everyone's just kind of exaggerating it, but it's definitely yeah. still still there. Uh, so I, I do see you calling bullshit, and I'm like, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's a little inflated. Either way, whatever study they did, it doesn't fucking matter. Just that poor guy that had to watch all the games. Just the poor guy who had to sit there and dial that up. <laughs> way, to, way to dig deep. Doing the way important earn, work. Way to earn whatever you earn from doing that. Probably <laughs> you said, nothing. You said this country has issues. <laughs> Maybe that's one of the reasons why we pay people to do that. There you go. Not exactly. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, let's move on because we do have the Pro Bowl this weekend. It is a joke. And I think the next line I have here kind of confirms that Gardner Minshew and Baker Mayfield just named to the Pro Bowl. I mean, I guess Baker, but like Gardner Minshew, like that's just got to be a, hey, we're running out of bodies. We need somebody in there. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I'm assuming Josh Allen is not going to the Pro Bowl like nope. he never does. Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to be go play, He's gonna be playing golf somewhere. For some of these guys, it's a big deal. Minshew, I mean, backup quarterback his whole career, got some time with the Jags, obviously, as I know. I fucking loved him that one year that he brought that Minshew magic to us. But big deal for him. Baker, former number one overall pick, hasn't totally panned out over his career other than a, a great season this year. Shout out Baker. But it's a big deal for some of these guys, but guys like Josh Allen, Lamar, they're not going to the Pro Bowl, dude. Yeah, I purposely left out. There were three quarterbacks that got named as alternates, and it was Baker Minshew. And then the last one made me laugh pretty hard was uh, Jalen Hurts. So Hurts had not only not made the Pro Bowl yet, but he's in the same conversation as those two on the, on the tier of alternates. I mean, he was way better than Baker and Minshew all year. So I think that's ridiculous that he's even that's yeah. even like it's even a question. Showing how yeah, much of a joke like, this this week is that they he's in the yeah. same conversation as those two. It's ridiculous, dude. Uh I mean I get it Baker beat him in the playoffs, but Hertz kind of balled out in that regular season game, which I'm pretty sure isn't that what the Pro Bowl is based off of here is regular season. Yeah. yeah. Not playoffs. After so. regular season. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, ridiculous. Doesn't fucking matter at the end of the day. The only thing that matters with the Pro Bowl is I think the players get maybe a special incentive for making it. So that's yeah. that's like literally the only only gain is them getting a, a couple more dollars in their pocket. Um, but other than that, I mean, what are you going to do? Go watch watch dodgeball, watch Tyreek Hill play dodgeball against somebody on the NFC. I mean, that's what this weekend has turned into. Yeah, they, they got rid of the – they used to give the MVP of the game a car, but they got rid of that. Now it's flag football and not not tackle. So there's not even it's incentive ridiculous. to play in that game anymore. No, it's ridiculous. The best All-Star game was the MLB All-Star game when the winner decided home field advantage for the World Series. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't even have that. They took that away. Yeah. So now the All Star games are nonsense. At least that game, they it's still competitive. They're trying. It's competitive. It, they want to win, but much. the World Series. I mean, dude, what a nice little Easter egg to have in there to dictate the World Series home field advantage, well, and it, they strip it. It kind of made sense too, because you have the best of your league against the best of the other league, so the best league should host the World Series. Right. I fully agree. No combats. No. No combats on that. Dak, Dak Prescott is sitting out. Interesting. Thought he might have might have been playing to get it some more air time and and Dak time because I know he he might say he doesn't like the camera, but that guy loves being on the camera. 
Yeah, apparently he's injured. I, I don't know when that would happen because he was fine for the playoff game. But yeah, he he definitely likes to be in front of the camera, but not when he's playing football because he doesn't need to give people any more material to roast him on social media with. Uh, I don't know. If, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess uh, he's more of a you know commercial actor than he is uh, than he likes actually being airtime on the field. Yeah, I could definitely see Dak like throwing an interception when Tyreek Hill is playing DB in the flag football game, and it like completely ruining his confidence. <laughs> so maybe Everything. they like made him opt out because of that. Since since Dak's usually a big uh, big commercial guy, do we see a Dak Prescott commercial during the Super Bowl? Yes or no? Yes. Who who are his um who are his partners? I know he has head and shoulders is a big one. Oh. Yeah, that could be it. But they got Mahomes too, so it'll probably be Mahomes. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know all Prescott's uh, yeah feelings. But I mean, look, does it count if he's in a commercial with other NFL players? Oh yeah, I'm yeah, cool yeah. With counting that. I'm cool with counting yeah. that. Just Prescott in a commercial. Yeah, he'll he'll be up there somewhere, man. Let me see. But, yeah, I mean. If you if you want to get specific with it, you could say Dak Prescott head and shoulders commercial. Do we see one during the Super Bowl? And That's I blustery. and I think he, there's a shot we do. So yeah, he he's um, Frito Lay, so he could be in a Doritos commercial. He could be uh, in a Pepsi gonna throw, commercial. They're gonna throw Dak on our screen during the Super Bowl. Hundred percent. AT and T too, so he could be sitting there with what's her name, Lily. Just We're gonna get multiple. <laughs> We're gonna get multiple. We're gonna get multiple. Uh, uh, Dak Prescott well, commercials. Maybe so that'll have to that. be a uh, spot on the drinking game. Dak Prescott shows up. Dak Prescott shows up. Yeah, and then maybe double drink or take a shot if it's specifically head and shoulders commercial. <laughs> yeah, Dak Prescott shows like up Dak, and he's shampooing his hair. Yeah, yeah Dak Prescott uh, shows up. Sip your drink, but uh, you know if it's a head and shoulders commercial, you got to rip a shot. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. Might might have just added a new little uh, yeah, line in the game. Ooh, there's a yeah. little preview for the for the viewers of what kind of stuff to expect on this drinking game. Look out for something like that. We're going to cover it all. You're not safe. That's why I said if you're not planning on drinking, do not play this game because you're going to sit there thinking you can wiggle your way around it. And you will be hammered by the start of the third quarter. can promise you that. Um, let's keep it rolling here. I- yeah, so just going off of the Pro Bowl, uh, Puka Nakua made it, and I was just kind of thinking about. I mean, he had a great season, but when you think of the Pro Bowl, you think of the best of the best. So, would you guys consider Puka Nakua a top fifteen receiver in the NFL? Off the top of my head, no. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; his production this year probably says. I mean, I'm I'm fairly positive it says he's a top fifteen receiver in the league, but that that's what Matt Stafford's mo is. He he takes a receiver and he makes them. A top receiver in the league, uh, you know, off of the production. So, um, you know, after seeing one season from him, there's a lot of promise. Uh, but I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, there's 15 other guys that have been in this league for more than one year that are definitely better than him. Yeah, yeah based based on this year, I'd say yes. But I need to see him do it next year and the year after. I think we need a little bigger sample size to start calling, you know, top 10 certified NFL yeah. waters or top 15, I, I guess like, you, you call yeah, I just want to, I just want to go down the list with you guys, at least my list of just going through the teams and then yes or no, if, it, if he's better than this guy, because 
I really don't know, and I want to kind of talk it out. I think it's close. All right, let's let's, let's get to 15. We start in the AFC East. You have the Bills, Stephon Diggs. Better. I would give it to Diggs. Diggs is better. So that's one. And then you go to Miami. Would you give it to Waddle and Tyreek or just Tyreek? If Waddle's close, we can just say Tyreek. Let's just do Tyreek for now. All right. And then Jets, Garrett Wilson. I think I got to go Puka. I don't know, dude. I think Garrett. I think no. I I know. I would go Garrett Wilson, dude. I think I think what I've seen out of him in his first two years after winning Rookie of the Year last year, and then this year seeing some of the catches that he made with the quarterbacks, still, dude. I'm I'm telling you, once he gets Rodgers, it's over. I, I think he's a lot better. All right. Yeah, I so, think that does come. That definitely comes down to quarterback play too. So maybe yeah, pump the, the brakes on that for me. For the sake of this, we'll say it has to be unanimous. So what we're at two through with the AFC East. Then you get to the Chiefs. No one really there. Rasheed Rice is not better. Raiders, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I'll take Adams. I'm taking Adams. you got to put Adams. Puka had a better season than him this year, but I'm taking Adams 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, I'll take Adams. All right, so that's three. Broncos, nobody. Keenan Allen, Chargers. Yeah. Keenan Allen lit it up last year, dude. I know he kind of got hurt at the end of the year, but I think his injury was more on the air of the Chargers suck than him actually being like like really hurt you know what i mean yeah, yeah. i right. think it was more of just holding out but yeah Never, keenan down. Down. so yeah so exactly through two divisions we're at four next up we got the north zay flowers with the ravens i would say no dude he looks <sighs> trick, but i'm i'm gonna give the nod to puka i think flowers could take it over but right now i think puka's a little bit better yeah yeah i would lean puka on that yeah, they, they were both electric this year, but I'm going to leave Puka. All right, Omari Cooper, Browns? Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, I got Cooper, just more consistent over a longer period of time. All right, that's five. Steelers, George Pickens. <laughs> I'm surprised you're I mean, thinking about big, it this much. Big, big play threat and just, like, spectacular playability. I mean, Pickens has already proven he can be that guy. Again, does it come down – I think it comes down to, like, quarterback, right? I mean – that's what we kind of said with Garrett Wilson is he's got to get Rodgers. I mean, who does Pickens have throwing him the football? Kenny Pickett? Yeah, Mitch I, Trubisky? I, see, I, I think Garrett Wilson's miles ahead of George Pickens. So if we're not giving it to Garrett Wilson, I don't think we should give it to um, – Either right, way. We're not giving it to Garrett Wilson. We're not giving it to Pickens either. All right, no. Bengals, uh, Jamar Chase. Yes. Chase. T. And Higgins. And Higgins. Higgins is a Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Higgins. All right, so that's three, so we're up to seven. But I think the Higgins is is very close. That's yeah, fair. I think that's the closest one we've had, but I'll give it to Higgins. So now we're at the South. Last division in the AFC, we're at seven receivers. Texans, Nico or Tank Dell? I'd probably lean Pukas, though. Yeah, I would, too. I like Nico. Nico's right there for me, but I'm going to take Puka. All right, Jaguars, Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk. I mean, I might be a little biased <laughs> here, but I'm taking both of them over Puka. I think neither, Matt. What would you say? Uh, definitely not. I would go Puka over Kirk, like, easily. And I think it's close on Ridley. I'd probably lean Puka based on what he's doing, but, like, I like Ridley also. So I think that one's a lot closer. Um, I really think that's a true 50-50 Puka and Ridley, but I 100% got Puka over Kirk. 
All right, so we're. I, I think we have to say no then because I I don't like Ridley. So we're still at seven. Colts. Yeah. Um, Pittman. I got Pittman. So eight. Titans. Hopkins. I mean, I guess. Yeah. He's still there, dude. He's still He's making. Still there. He made I think I give it to Hopkins. Yeah, he made Will Levis look really good. In a like, give the edge to Hopkins, but uh, that not for much that, longer. Yeah, uh, that's expiring yeah. quickly. Uh, now, now things are going to go downhill really quick. So, Cowboys, CD Lamb. Yeah. yeah. So that's ten. Eagles, AJ Brown. I got Brown. Devonta Smith. I got Smitty over Puka too. It's just uh, Jalen Hurts and more Brian Johnson. Could I mean, dude, you guys saw they couldn't throw the ball over the middle of the field. Schmitty, all you got to do is get him running in stride over the middle of the field and, and deep threat and over the middle. They were not yeah. able to it's get also that a, figured out. It's also a recipe for that little man to get his ass knocked out of the game. But I, I yeah. do understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, it well, is. We're at 12. Giants, I love you, Slayton, but no. Commanders, Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm I'm probably either, go Terry. I probably not go giving Terry. it to Dotson or, or Curtis Samuel. No, 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 no. All right, so now we're at 13, and this might do it. 49ers, Ayuk and Debo. Both. Yeah. So that's I think 15. it's close. I want to say it's close with Ayuk, but Ayuk's really blossomed into a really good fucking player. He has. Yeah, Really fucking good. All right, so then even with that, we're outside of the top fifteen now. Then you have the Rams. You have Cooper Cup. Got to give it to Coop. Yeah, I mean Coop's have been the guy for them, but you know, did Puka take over this year? Guess we'll find out. Yeah. So sure. so he's already at a top fifteen. I'll just go through quickly of the ones that we didn't even debate, just to show you how ridiculous it is that Puka is considered this good. So you got DK on Seattle. You have Amonra on the Lions. Uh, you have Justin Jefferson on the Vikings. You have DJ Moore, who would be close on the Bears. Then you have Mike Evans on the Bucks. Chris Godwin's close on the Bucks. Chris Olave on the Saints, and then nobody really on the Falcons or Panthers. So there's like you can make the case for 20 receivers. And what that was just for top 15 wide receiver. I mean, I guess again, yeah, based we named, on the like, stats, David. based on the stats, sure. But like pure talent and what we know guys are capable of, regardless of who's throwing them the football, which clearly does matter. Um, think he sits outside, but again, based on stats of this year, yeah, top 15, probably even top five. I mean, some might argue he had the best, best year, yeah. but. We'll see what he does next year because we need we need consistency in the NFL here, right? To be considered an all time great and to get in those top ten, top fifteen in the league conversations. But um, yeah, I guess we can jump into probably the last time we'll talk about this until we get to August or July. Uh, I know you'll probably have some Auburn stuff, but college football. We have the Senior Bowl this weekend. Bo Nix. Michael Penix, Joe Milton, Spencer Rattler, all playing in the football game. We already saw a funny little clip of Mike Tomlin going up to Bo Nix, tapping him on the back, having a quick conversation. That obviously ignited a lot of speculation, considering the Steelers' quarterback woes uh, as they've been experiencing. So, you know, like I said, some speculation there. But, you know, some big quarterbacks playing, um, you know, I guess – Kind of, there's not much to talk about. Everybody cares about the quarterbacks, and I guess maybe some receivers or D tackles, but the eyes are going to be on the quarterbacks in this game. I guess we have, you know, who is the third quarterback off the board? 
Who were the first two? Caleb Williams? Uh, Caleb Who's Williams two? and Drake May will be the first two. Drake then, May. Yeah, you kind of have then you have these seniors or Jaden Daniels. And I mean, I guess at least uh Penix and Bo Nix are really close. So what, Jaden Daniels was a junior? Yes. Yeah. So junior won the Heisman, declared for the draft. Yeah, he'll he'll be going to the draft. He's going to be a fraud in the NFL. Mark my words. <laughs> I think he's going to Mark be good. my words. You guys both hate him. I, I'm very high on James Taylor. I just hate that they had three losses and he got the Heisman or four losses, whatever they have. I hate that. You know who else had I three losses and won the Heisman? Lamar Jackson. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And look at him. He just look won the him. MVP. What's he doing? He won the MVP. Or he's about yeah, to win the MVP. Where are the Ravens? Well, yeah. but They just got swifted. <laughs> anyway, that was that was a bad joke. That uh, wasn't that was a horrible really one. Bad. It wasn't a horrible one. Um, I've had worse, I think. So. Nah, either way, you guys know what I mean. Whatever. Uh, who? Who? I mean, who's the third? I mean, I think there's a lot of attention on Bo Nix right now because he's a lot more of an athlete that people give him credit for. I mean, the guy can—he's quick. Yeah, you know. He's quick for a white guy. I don't care what you want to say, you know, white, black, this or that. He's fucking quick for a white dude. He can scramble like crazy. And I think he'll extend a lot of plays for whatever team he goes to next year, uh, you know, in the NFL. I think we see he's probably going to start right away. I know he might be the third or fourth quarterback off the board, but I'm sure he'll get playing time, consistent yeah. playing time, at least team, early on. But- the thing with him, he has a lot to prove just because when we saw him at Auburn, he was either uh, Johnny Manziel in college or Johnny Manziel in the NFL. There was no in-between. And then he went to Oregon, and all the decisions were kind of made for him, like just one read, like screen pass, quick bubble screen. So he has to prove, at least in this senior practice a little bit, you know, the combine that he can still throw the ball downfield and make reads. But he has all the talent to do it. Yeah, I – that's one been one of my biggest gripes with Bo Nix is I don't think he can process those reads. And I, you know, I wish him the best, man. I, I, I hope he does well in the NFL, but I don't have a lot of faith in Bo Nix early on in his career. I think he's going to need to p- develop into uh, an NFL quarterback. You know, the, the pro days and the college highlights, I feel like gets so inflated, especially when now that's all we have to look at. And people underestimate how big of a jump it really is to the NFL, like how massive that is. I think he will struggle with those reads and he, he, you know, him getting to that next big contract, I think it's going to come down to his legs. And if he can scramble and extend plays, then he might have a shot to, to stay in. But, you know, again, throwing the ball downfield, having to sit in the pocket, make a read and make an accurate throw 10, 15, 20 yards downfield. And again, Big jump here. I get it. He played in the SEC, then went to the Pac-12, whatever. NFL defenses are – it's a night and day difference, and it is a massive jump that I think he's going to struggle with. Again, I don't really hate the guy other than when I used to bet on him at Auburn and he, and he cost me money. Other than that, I just – I feel like for that he, he might struggle a bit. And Panics, on the other hand, can read the field well, can make those throws, which he – for did all year other than the national championship game, which was wild. I think he might have a better shot, but I know the lefty QBs are always a little shysty. Um, and then when it comes to Spencer Rattler, I 
just have no faith, don't know enough, but don't have much faith in, in how he's going to turn out. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to be much. But, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if our guy Penix can can do something in the league because he's just – his issue is he's not really athletic. He's kind of a statue in the pocket. But, right. I mean, he could read a defense and throw it with anybody. So Yeah, but to give you an answer to this question, I'm going to go with Bo Nix. Uh, I, I do think that – Penix can make better, you know, more throws than Bo Nix can, but I think Bo Nix has the right attitude, and teams are going to see that. Front offices are going to see that. He's the kind of guy that's going to get in there. He might not be ready day one, but he's going to get in there and work and, and give you everything he has. And uh, you know, that's probably what you're looking for from a from a quarterback here. Uh, yeah. I, I really, I really didn't like the way that Penix sort of folded i think that's a fair word to say uh i don't like the way he folded in that national championship it didn't seem like he was trying to rally the guys or you know get pumped up and, and try to make the comeback he he really seemed like he had given up at, at points you know looking you know on the on the zoom ins to like through his visor yeah. uh, i really don't like that and and also you know jane daniels i saw that all season from him um so i'm i i'm really out on him for that reason too. Uh, it's not just the the fact that I don't think he can throw all that well. It's also the attitude and when he's getting tackled and things aren't going his way, he's the guy who's just throwing his hands up and can't be doing that in the NFL. That's for damn sure. Unless you're Patrick Holmes. And then just no love for Joe Milton. Guy's going to be a fraud. You got got a good arm. I really don't have much to say. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing. I got a little bit more faith in him than uh, Spencer Rattler. Uh, if that tells you anything, but <laughs> I think it'll tell you a little yeah. bit more about Spencer Rattler than it does Joe Melton. <laughs> yeah. It's um and then do we have confirmation Caleb Williams is even entering this thing? Yeah, he, he said he was. He's gonna jump in there. So he, but he, he, he does he doesn't want to go to Chicago though, right? I think that was a fake. Or is that just speculation article. and rumors? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's just people hyping that up for no reason, but yeah, I mean, quarterback-heavy draft. You know, a lot of really good elite position players are going to fall because teams are going to get amped up on quarterbacks. So look for some teams to get away with steals in the first round, I think would be my early early prediction or takeaway from kind of looking at the NFL draft. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing a lot of wide receiver talent. So let's see uh, who pans out and who doesn't. Let's see who's the – a Zay Flowers or a Puka Nakua, and who's a, a Quentin Johnson. So we'll see that this year. Or I know it's not relevant to this year, but Jalen Rager. Yeah. I remember our buddy uh, Brendan was trying to convince me he was going to be the next Tavon Austin. And I said, Tavon Austin's not very good, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind yeah. of what happened. It wasn't that good. <laughs> That's that's college football. Obviously, we'll dial that up a little more, I guess. Um, maybe after the Senior Bowl, we can go over how, how the quarterbacks fared there. And then as well as the NFL draft approaches, like I said, we'll probably see a lot of these QBs fall in the first round. A lot of talent in this draft that we'll see fall because teams always value that quarterback position, as they should. It is the most important position on the field. But if you whiff on an early pick – you might be screwed and set your team back a year or two because once you pick that quarterback in the top 10, I mean, look at the Giants. They've been forced to roll with Daniel yeah. Jones because he was the number six pick. And that guy sucks. Yeah, he tore his ACL tripping over himself. Yeah, it's and just... he just always looks like deer in the headlights. Just not the guy you want as your franchise quarterback, 50 million a year. Deer in no, the it's headlights, not great. But... It's not great. 
but we don't have to talk no. about that yet. No, let's jump over to what's actually in season, mid-season college basketball. If you checked out the live show, we did hand out our future Kansas Jayhawks to win it all. I'm not sure what 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 it was. You know, I know the thousands of people we had watching the live show all jumped in on Kansas to win it all. So that probably drove the value down a lot. Uh, but we got it at plus three thousand, and I think that is pretty good value for a team that's well positioned for a one seed, and then mm-hmm. obviously well positioned to win it all. So I think plus three three thousand some great value there. Obviously, college basketball is what they call it, March Madness for a reason. It's total chaos and madness in the tournament, and anybody can win. I'm sure, uh, you know, I know we don't have it dialed up right now. We will pull some stats as we get closer, but isn't there something weird on on number one seeds, like not winning at all or not advancing or something weird like that, or or is it the other way around? Other way around, you're thinking. Where they always advance or they always make it? Yeah, it's like 65% of the Final Four every year is one seeds. Something crazy. There's one like seed. Gotcha. But last gotcha. year, I don't think we had any. Well, that's was, what I was saying. I thought yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, there were none. Know. It was two fives, a four, and a nine. Yeah, San Diego State was an eight or a nine. San Diego State and Miami were fives. UConn was a four, and FAU was a nine. Oh, yeah. There you go. I thought I was two. Yeah, duh. FAU was the five, but. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that fares. But either way, futures given out. Kansas plus three three thousand. That's what we got it at on the live show. Not sure what it is right now. Might have came down a little bit. Maybe it's the same. Don't think it went up. Um, but yeah, plus three thousand. Some pretty good value right there. Uh, and, and that kind of gives us a good spot to roll into our bracketology. Brian and I have been dialing it up every week. We've been relatively accurate, I'd say. Go check yeah. it out over on views from section four hundred dot com. Uh, and you can kind of let us know where you think we stand on that. But we have the whole bracket in there all filled out on who we think the one seeds are all the way up to our predictions for the 16 seeds. So we do cover the one through 16 seeds. We have the playing games. We have first four in or last four in uh, and first four out as well. So Brian we, and I have been di- dialing it up. We spent about seven minutes talking about who's going to win the SWAC. So you you know you're getting some good analysis. You're getting some analysis. Um, You know, we were having some back and forth on some of those mid-majors. There were a couple switch-ups. I know we had Western Illinois in there. Now Moorhead State has taken the reins for whatever that is. Is the Ohio Valley Conference they play over in? Yep, the OBC. I believe so. Either way, we take it serious. So go check it out and let us know if you agree or disagree. Uh, Besides besides that, it's been kind of – been kind of just meh in college basketball. There were those upsets last night, or I guess on Tuesday, uh, with UNC, and then we already talked about South Carolina. But I mean, Purdue and UConn are still the top two, and then everyone else is kind of just in limbo. And Auburn sucks again. But yeah, and you know Villanova's falling off a cliff again. <laughs> yeah. They were we got to jump back to midweek. Uh, you know, I guess you guys will be seeing this on Saturday. They probably have a weekend game, but Villanova was favored. At home against Marquette, they were minus one thirty-five or minus one forty. You could have got Marquette at plus money. I just like I don't even know why I didn't hammer that. Like there was just no shot they were winning that game. Yeah, Nova is. Uh, it's just like you they were talking the, about it earlier with Justin Moore. Like he was their scorer, and now it, that Achilles that guy was electric. He was electric. I was like a fifth year, like tenth year COVID senior. 
and he's like taking massive steps backwards when he should be a guy lighting it up for anywhere from 15 to up to 20 points a game. And he just doesn't do that. Um, yeah, it's, so it's again, I think it, it is a lot on the injury. I also think you'd be getting a way better, a way different, but way better product if Jay Wright was still the head coach and it wasn't Kyle Neptune. So they got to figure that out ASAP. This isn't a let it play out, let it marinate, let them get used to the program and the system. No, this guy should not be the head coach of a prestigious program that Jay Wright built and is now being crumbled to the ground by Kyle Neptune. So we'll leave that there. And I know, Brian, you touched on Auburn having a tough week. What's going on with the Tigers, man? Yeah, the the lost Alabama wasn't that concerning. Uh, they they shot well. They just had a rough stretch in the first half. But the loss of Mississippi State was was not great. Uh, they just didn't show up off the bus, and their offense wasn't there. The defense it was fine, but not. They didn't turn any transition buckets into easy offense. It was just it was a weird game. Uh, but yeah, Jack, I'm interested to see if you have any thoughts on. No, I mean, I, you hit the nail on the head, dude. We really didn't get off the bus. I think we still had a hangover from the Alabama loss. Uh, you know, we went on the road to Bama, couldn't pull it out. It, it was a close game at times, but ultimately Bama just shot the hell out of the ball and, and, and won that game. And then we go to Mississippi State, game that you expect to win. Uh, even though it's on the road, even though we're coming off a loss, you know, this is a perfect bounce back, get right game. And we just, I think we were still suffering that hangover. Couldn't get it done. Yeah. Uh, it, it, again, to your to your point, I thought it was the offense. Um, you know, I thought the defense played okay, but the the offense was just that we couldn't get it done. Um, I really Auburn's a team that you know very deep. Everybody knows this very deep team. Bruce Pearl uses all of his guys, but at times we just need to feed a guy. You know, Jani, especially I keep going back to this Alabama game. It just pissed me off so much. If we just kept on feeding Broom. I mean, it was game over, dude. He couldn't be stopped in that game, and we just didn't feed him the rock. I, I just, you know, again, we're, we're a team that likes to spread the ball around, get a lot of different guys involved. We have a lot of experienced guys who definitely want to, you know, take their shot and get their chance, but sometimes you just got to feed the beast. Yeah. Yeah, him getting outplayed by uh, Tulu Smith in Mississippi State was unacceptable. That can't happen. Speaking of Alabama – as Alabama went and obviously took care of business at home against Auburn. Um, you know, midweek here, or I guess a couple of days ago that this would be, you know, Bama beat Georgia tonight on the road by I think nine or ten points. So that's I guess a solid uh solid road win considering Georgia, I mean, isn't great, but I guess they can play teams tough. Yeah, Georgia's um, solid. They're five hundred like, in the SEC. Yeah. It's a good road win. Good yeah, road. it's a solid road win for them, especially freshly, freshly into the top twenty-five. Uh, a nine to ten point win on the road against Georgia kind of solidifies them in there and makes the. Uh, I guess that is the the committee, or it's just like kind of like the AP and uh, coaches who kind of make the poll. Yeah. yeah, the voters, but either way, it makes them look good because they went and got the job done on the road, and uh, I guess we might still see them see them rise up a little bit. It's again. SEC is going to be an interesting conference because I'm not sure what the future is, but dude, I feel I love South Carolina this year. Uh, you know, I might have to throw a sprinkle a little bit on 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 South Carolina to win the SEC. Like Let I said, I know you guys don't want it. No, you don't want to hear it. Let me see but, what they're at. 
it could be some decent odds, man. Or I don't know. It also could have flew down after they beat Tennessee on the road. Might might be one of the worst times to grab that value, but I hear Yeah, you, I guess they're like mid-games, so they probably take it off. The Cox have been playing well, man. We'll see how they roll on. Purdue and UConn still elite, probably the two favorites. Purdue one by five, but Northwestern's pretty legit. I mean, Northwestern's a good team. They're a good team. Shoot the three well, or have been shooting the three well, or yeah, shooting the three well the past couple of games. Uh, Bo Bowie, just electric point guard, that classic college point guard leader of the team, can score. Will play the stingy defense, and you know, if another team they're playing goes on a run, he's the guy who can get everybody under control, calm them down. When there's a lot of ball pressure and the atmosphere is ra- uh, loud, he can really, you know, settle everybody down, settle the team down, and get everybody into a smooth rhythm um, to kind of combat those hectic college atmospheres that you run into on the road. Um, but yeah, like I said, Purdue, they're they're good, but I do think they're fraudulent. I think they'll get upset in the tournament. UConn, yeah, on the other hand, so. yeah, Purdue, I. I think it is fraudulent, but UConn on the other hand is very good and obviously winning it last year and, and arguably having a better team this year. There's just better, I think teams out there this year, which might, you know, make them not look as good, but I think this UConn team this year might be a little better. Yeah. Um, but Brian, what do you think on that? I, I think they're the favorite to win it all. I mean, I don't know if they're, the, they're probably, they might be the best. Is the UConn but... team better team this year than those the team that won it all last year? No, but, talent and roster wise. No, but the roster or the rest of the country is worse this year. Is so, worse this year? Yeah, really. So, Nobody can win on the road besides Bama tonight. But they needed yeah. to come back and say that. But South Carolina literally just won on the road. Yeah, I mean, what? But like in in general, no one is winning games on the road. Like favored teams are losing when they have to go on the road. Which is just shows you that these guys aren't that talented. Um, but yeah, I like UConn a lot. If I had to place a bet without value of who's going to win it all, it'd be UConn. Yeah, me too. Me too. That I I think I said that on our either our live stream or uh, the last time we talked about college basketball and gave out our picks. UConn is my favorite to win it all this year. I know that they just did it last year. I understand going back to back is pretty tough. But if I had to place a no value bet, it would definitely be on UConn. Uh, but I'm happy that we made our our views from Section 400 bet my value play, which was Kansas. That makes me pretty happy. It is a lot of value there. It is a lot of value at plus three thousand for a team. You know, great head coach Hunter Dickinson, probably going to win Player of the Year. Great program. Um, just a lot of roster is so good. Direction. Roster's good. I, great guard play. Mix it with the athletic big is huge in college basketball. We'll just see how these teams fare, you know, on the road, as well as, you know, March Madness is neutral site. But look at the splits for 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 how teams play on the road because it's an, it's essentially a road game when you're playing in March Madness. So I always like the teams who have the great road records or, or play really good defense on the road. Um, that's a good way to, to kind of – and if you do, if you have no idea about college basketball, just look up teams' def- defensive efficiency on the road over the course of the year, and that's a good way to just make blind picks based on def- defensive efficiency. You probably fare out relatively well if you just base it strictly on that. And again, I know there's other factors, but 
Last little note here, Brian, you got a big problem with the Texas program. Why? Yeah, the, because they're, bad they're a bunch team. of pussies. Like that's just what because the coach's I, name is Rodney Terry. What, what's well, going on? Rodney man? Terry like had a temper tantrum when the UCF players had the horns down, and now fans and like other teams are slightly doing it. And he cries to the Big Twelve every time. Like it's a you just lost, and you're gonna complain how the team you lost to makes fun of you. It's just like just just win, just be better. Is and it more? Like Is it's it it's more that... so absurd. It's like when Auburn loses to like Northwestern in the Music City Bowl, and the Northwestern fans start shouting "SEC," like making fun of them. If um, what the fuck's his name, Hugh Freeze, would like go up to the fans and be like, "Shut up!" Like that's disrespectful. Like he's not gonna do that. They deserve to make fun of the other team. Like it's it's just it's complete. Well, so is it more? Is it more that the Texas coach is running to the Big 12 or running to whoever and, like, actually complaining? Or is he trying to look like a tough guy or, like, a, you know, Texas fans love him because he's fighting no, for he, Texas? He sounds like, like I know a we say, I know we say Texas A&M's a cult, but that whole horns up thing, is that not a little bit of a cult or am I out of touch with reality on that? It's, it's such a weird concept that they get so triggered by just, like, turning their it, – it's like people saying Eagle War – to us on campus and we're like dude that's that's the opposite of what we do right. it's, it's like it doesn't make any sense to me i'm sure there's some reason behind it that if you ask a texas fan maybe someone yeah. at the round table trio would like give i us think reason, I, you know but... don't quote me on this i don't even know why i'm opening my mouth right now but i think it's something with like the horns down means like the the dead it's like a dead cow or a dead bull, whatever the fuck it is. A dead, oh, a dead, maybe that, that can make sense. Saying like uh, Texas, Texas sports are dead. It's Gets like them a real round up. Well, I think it's like the the animal, like a longhorn, like with the horns down. It's like you're killing the animals or some shit like that. It's also I, a hand too. I think it's like... yeah. I think it's stupid beyond words that you you would get upset about something like that. It's like making fun of any team for anything, dude. Just get over it. It just it's yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But that's college basketball. We're obviously ramping up, and as I mentioned before, we got into it. Jump over to viewsfromsection400.com and check out the bracketology. Like I said, Brian and I really dig in and dial up the field of sixty-four, the field of sixty-eight. We every single team we got in there, so. Check it out. If you agree with us, let us know. If you disagree with us, let us know. And if there's something you don't agree with or there's somebody who's being snubbed, let us know who should be in. Let us know who you think we're snubbing and should actually uh, be getting more more attention. Or if there's a team we have in the 8, 9, 10 spot that should maybe be up in the 6, 5, or 4 spot, let us know in the comments, on Twitter, wherever you got to let us know, or X, I guess it's fucking called. Let us know on Instagram. Let us know because we want to hear the feedback. But we'll kind of roll into, I guess, the last segment here of the show, the NBA, which we save the worst for last in <laughs> this scenario. Um, we'll jump right into it. LeBron is cryptic tweeting again. Brian, as our NBA insider, <laughs> what did you find out? It's, it's getting tough to be an NBA <laughs> insider without the conference tournament. It's kind of just back to being a e-reality show now. Uh, but yeah, LeBron tweeted an hourglass emoji, which really got the Twitter detectives real interested last night. 
Apparently, uh, the Lakers struggles. He wants to blow up the roster again. And the Lakers are interested in DeJounte Murray and the mid-three out in Brooklyn with Spencer Dinwiddie, Royce O'Neal, and Dorian Finney-Smith. It's just like plug-and-play with nonsense. Like They have nothing to trade at this point. They have no way to acquire talent. They, they've yeah. blown it up already to where now you have an aging and injury-prone AD. You gave Austin Reeves a bunch of money who I guess he's a fine player, but is that guy bringing you over the top? No. Nope. Um, and then you have LeBron, who's LeBron. He's yeah, sure. I mean, I obviously in the GOAT conversation, you can argue LeBron and MJ, that debate will probably go on for the rest of the time. But I mean, what you know, yeah, yeah. What is LeBron? I mean, LeBron's not 30, he's almost what 40. So yeah, dude, 30, at what 30, point yeah. do you just like you can't be the GM anymore? You don't hold that value on the team. Well, you also have um LeBron possibly leaving when Bronny comes to the NBA to go play with Bronny. You do have D'Angelo Russell still loading on that team. So he, he's been good. But yeah, he's still, I just, <laughs> he's still loading. I, I just don't know how, like, if you're Rob Polinka, how, like, open you are to letting LeBron just pick and choose his run if you think he's going to leave to go play with Browning. Right. He's going to dip out, and the franchise is going to be, I mean, it's coming in blowing it up and then he's going to leave no sweat off his back. And then the Lakers are set back multiple years. A yeah. de- I mean, probably not a decade. I probably, the NBA is the quickest way to turn around. Cause there's not as many guys on the court would well, just be my, well, the same my guess. Well, the Sixers purposely did that, that they didn't even attempt to try <laughs> and get better for 10 years. But I think if you attempt to get better through the draft and free agency, I think basketball, there's only five guys on the court. If you're an NBA team with just a little bit of competence as a GM, you should be able to turn things around quickly. But, I, you know, some of these teams like the Pistons, the Magic have been bad for a while. You know, I, I guess maybe I'm wrong because they, they haven't turned it around. Well, um, yeah, the, the Pistons are a whole separate thing. They – I think their owner hired his son to run their player development. So that's kind of why they just don't develop anybody. But yeah, that organization needs to be investigated. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a shit show there. But I think to jump in here, and I, I kind of like this because Steph's in a spot where he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Playing Sabrina Ionescu in the three-point contest will be interesting because it's like, Oh, Steph won. He beat a girl, but it's like, oh, Steph lost. You just lost to a girl, dude. What are you, horrendous? I mean, what's the takeaway there? I, I kind of like the idea of having him face off. I, I think it's, that creates a lot of props to Steph Curry for for accepting to do that because that's got to take a lot to to agree to doing that. Well, I actually think it was his idea. If I if I saw correctly, it was actually his idea to do that contest uh, with INSQ, and you know so. I understand Good for him. Good I understand him. where you're coming from on the lose lose situation. You're absolutely right about that. But I think the thing that we're not thinking about is you know Steph Curry doesn't really care. You know if it's a lose lose or whatever you think. Uh, uh, it's just going to be another event like the match or whatever, like his golf events. Uh, where Publicity stunt. Is he's going to be on the face of it. It's going to bring him a ton of uh, you know views from. Uh, the, the the NBA world, WNBA world, the sports world in general. Um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of coverage on this. 
And it's all about money, bro. He's just going to make a buck off of it. So yeah, this... so d- remember when Draymond and Kevin Hart kind of did this way back when during All-Star Weekend? I think Kevin, Kevin Hart, Hart won. Beat Draymond? I, I think so. And I'm not saying the gap between Sabrina and Steph is that, is that wide. It's not. But it's probably not that wide. <laughs> I, I am going to put my tinfoil hat on here. And because the WBA has slowly been gaining in popularity, and the NBA, of course, owns the WNBA, and they take a loss on their earnings every year. So why not have your premier player lose to your premier player in the other league to be like, oh, maybe, maybe the women, maybe they, yeah, I can see good. him do some like scripted, some scripted. Actually, that's a great point because yeah. everybody always rips on the WNBA. And if they have a WNBA player be, I mean, that'll be whether it's scripted or not in the back end, they are going to promote the shit mm-hmm. out of the girl winning. And this, you know, probably clipping tweets and memes and videos of people ripping on the WNBA and then showing a clip of her beating Steph. I I could, I 1000% see them. I think you just cracked the code. Yeah. They got an agenda, bro. They got and an agenda. This, this isn't a slight at women's basketball. Um, I'm pro- I'm a, probably the biggest proponent of women's basketball. Um, on the upper end of, like, males that you'll meet. But, yeah, it's just the tinfoil hat there. It's, it's just – it makes too much sense. It makes too much sense from a marketing perspective. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And just – Dude, the comments on on uh, just WNBA post. I mean, they just get like every flamed. other one is just kitchen, kitchen, kitchen. Flamed. They get absolutely flamed that they are just you know, and obviously they can't just directly put a stop to it. They got to put the, this little little secret narrative agenda out there to then play play off of it of hey look we beat an nba guy and now anything you say and then the worst part about it is the dumb jerk off people who are going to eat it up and any comments that people are saying about wnba they're going to be commenting well the uh ionescu beat them and this and that's oh my gosh i don't have time for it people are going to eat that the the european basketball fans that after like a one of those teams beats an NBA team in the preseason. They're like, yeah, these, these FIBA teams are better than NBA. And it's like, well, no. <laughs> They're not. They're Mike not. James is over there averaging 30 points a game. Yeah, like guys like Khalif Wyatt, Dylan Ennis. <laughs> Ridiculous. Draymond Green, probably always a headline in, in NBA talk. Uh, the guy always causes the scene. I know the first game he got back, there was the clip of him spinning – uh, his finger at Jared Vanderbilt. I don't break down and just it's yeah, just he, he, he looked a little ridiculous doing it. He looked a little ridiculous doing it. Honestly, if I'm Jared Vanderbilt, like I'm I'm protecting myself, bro. You don't know what Draymond's a loose fucking cannon. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Draymond's back to podcasting. We'll see what comes out of his mouth. And I, I left well, a comment somewhere. I maybe it was on our TikTok or on an Instagram. But do you guys agree or disagree? Draymond Green is the Antonio Brown of the NBA. Yeah, you know yeah. That, that was a good that was a good similarity. Very, so very good. Draymond um, already went on and addressed Team USA, leaving him off the preliminary roster, and he was pretty respectful about it. But you could tell he was a little butthurt. But I just I don't think they can trust him to not 
punch any of his teammates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They, you know, they'd rather not have that. And especially Olympic basketball, like it gets rougher. So yeah. you can't, you can't yeah. risk him going on a tantrum. Like you said. Yeah. You can't have him start world war three. I mean, come on. Now. <laughs> no, you can't. And he's probably a good candidate to do something stupid enough to do it. So could definitely see that yeah. as a newspaper headline. Draymond Green. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcasting scene, Draymond. Draymond, when you watch this, get on the pod, dude. Get on the pod. Yeah, we'd love to have thoughts. you on. We'll have you on, man. We'd love to have you. But, uh, yeah, anybody saw Ben Simmons came back from missing like 40 or 50 games, played a game, and is now hurt again? And his calf's a little sore, so he had to take the night off. Are you serious? Yep. <laughs> back to being out. First of all, I didn't know that he came back because I honestly I thought that he was going to milk this as like the most incredible backup basketball player job of all time. I mean, just get paid for years, a couple million dollars and uh, and never play an actual game. You just get to sit courtside and watch the NBA. Sounds like a pretty freaking good gig to me. But uh, yeah, plays one game, gets hurt already out again. Makes sense. Yeah, he's um, he's he's ridiculous. It's a disaster. So, did the Sixers win that trade? Even though they didn't really win it, but like, I mean, they're I in think, a better spot right now. Honestly, I think that trade we missed as our loser of the week. <laughs> just everybody in that trade just did not do very well. But dude, the Sixers are well positioned because they got Harden from it, and then honestly, like, dude, the Sixers are looking like the team that won the Clippers trade just by all that bench value that they got back. Yeah, I think that was a win-win. You look, I'll say this one thing about Ben Simmons and that whole trade with the 76ers, dude. Getting him out of town was the win. I mean, it doesn't really matter what you get in return at that point. The kind of player that he has been, getting Ben Simmons out of town is a win. Uh, I also feel that way about Harden. Uh, so when you guys got him, I was a little concerned. But you got rid of him pretty quickly. So that that's also a win for you guys. Yeah, no harm, no foul there. And uh you know, it's Hollywood Ben Simmons, man. He cares about the cars, the girls, what his Instagram looks like. He doesn't care about playing basketball. If he did, he'd be out there playing. Uh, I mean, come on, you're a young guy. I mean, again, I, I don't know is the severity of his injury issue, but, like, it's like the guy's barely played, and he's just – how is he still hurt? He's, it's not like he's 38. He's, he's got like a sore 24 cap. or 25. He's a little, like, he's a little sore. So he's like he's in, in the prime of his life getting the best treatment money can buy, the world can get you, and he's missed like 50 games, comes back for a game, and now he's hurt again. Yep. He's just the mental midget. He's, he's a <sighs> That's ridiculous. But, yeah, two-day draft. NBA's starting up the two-day draft. I know we wanted to throw this in as a quick talking point. I don't really care. I mean, I tune in for, like, you know, I just kind of have it on in the background just to see who kind of goes in the first round, really the lottery, and then, you know, the Sixers have a bit in the lottery. So I check out the lottery picks and then kind of who the Sixers grab, but not nearly as dialed in as I am on the NFL draft. So, yeah, they, well, uh, I don't. You know, that's it's why just it's there. so dumb. Like no one watches the second round. Nikola Jokic was drafted when there was a chalupa on the screen for a Taco Bell commercial. Like no one watches that shit. Yeah, right. they're sending picks in during commercial break in the second round. It's it's hard to dial in when your team's only getting like two new players a year. Um, versus what you were talking about the NFL. You know, you got seven rounds and 
you know, you could have up to, I don't know, 10, if you're, if you're the Rams, you have two, two draft picks, but uh, you could have, you know, 10 draft picks and, and, you know, different positions. It gets pretty fun. NBA, you're getting two players, it's a good shot. Neither of them are going to be impact players in their first year, unless they're a lot, a lottery pick. So uh, I'm with you. I couldn't really care less about the two day draft or, or one day. Yeah, the second rounders are just like unless you're Draymond Green or Jokic, you're you're not going to really pan out. You're going to end up going to play in the Euro League, which we talked about earlier. So it just doesn't doesn't make much sense why Adam Silver did that, but nothing he does makes sense. Yeah, just to end the show here, Vince Carter last night on TNT put his wish list for the dunk contest, and he said Mac McClung, Shaden Sharp, Obi Top, and Derek Jones and Trey Murphy. So I wanted to see what you guys had as your like five that you'd love to see in there. I don't even know if I can come up with five guys. Um, I definitely like the first, the first three calls on there. Actually, I don't know. Do well, I like you could have any anybody in the NBA. Like this is just saying, like whoever you ask would do it. It doesn't have to be like role players oh. that need to. So you could actually get LeBron in there. Yeah. Like I, I can go. I have mine ready. If you guys want to hear mine first. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, I want Ant Edwards in there. I want Zach Levine back. I want Aaron Gordon back. And Obi Toppin and Mac McClung. They were both really good in the recent ones. I think that would be a really good dunk contest. Yeah, I was going to say Mac McClung, definitely. Uh, my first thought was Aaron Gordon. Um, when you said Zach Levine, I remembered that what was that 2016 dunk contest. I mean, that might have been the best one of all time. They had two in a row that went to triple overtime. Yeah, the, the, those that was like prime dunk contest. Now it's kind of gotten back to a little bit of nonsense. I think back McClung was it last year? He brought some juice back. He though. was really good. He, yeah. he brought some juice back to it, which which was good to see. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. In terms of like, it's crazy how it's like, you know, not centers in it because the yeah. centers aren't as athletic to do the crazy uh, Harlem Globetrotter style dunks. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually, now you said center, I'm th- rethinking Obi Toppin. I kind of would want to yeah. see Zion in there. Yeah. Okay, I like, I like the Zion pull. You know, I'm going to, the, the pull I'm going to make here and, and end the show with, uh, for me at least, is. Scotty Barnes. I want to see him back in there. You know, the, the former dunk contest champ. I want to see him back in there. That'd be a good one. Wouldn't hate it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys you could. I'm just trying to think of like athletic guys who get like Miles Bridges. Yeah. He, see a guy. See a guy you can throw. Yeah. I don't know if they want to promote no, Miles Bridges. Absolutely not. But again, this isn't this is yeah, I get, this my is wish just, list. Yeah, that's true. This isn't talking about it. Um yeah, you know, whatever he uh whatever Bridges goes up for a dunk and the Hornets announcer is announcing it, dude. It's so Bridges. ridiculous. Bridges some frequent flyer miles. Like the guy's just so jacked up. It is a I mean, black free throw call was the funniest shit. Well, what he's like made screamed. Lakey! <laughs> that guy just, you know, again, he never got fired for doing ridiculous out-of-pocket shit. And uh, I think now it's created a, a good buzz behind the team and the Hornets have sucked. So they just let him roll out there and do whatever he wants because no one cares. Somebody's got um, to for them. But yeah. I think that wraps up the show here. That's all I got. It's been Views from Section 400. I'm Matt, Jack, and Brian. Take the long for the ride. As always, 
I'll see you guys in the next one. Shout out the NHL uh, All-Star game this weekend. We'll get to you after the Super Bowl ends. Mm-hmm.